0: start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Were you feeling a little burnt out this past school year? I don't know about you, but I was. I see it in myself. I see it in so many others. And that's why I'm so excited to have Kenzie Thomas on here to talk all about SLP burnout. So, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell everyone listening who might not be familiar with you a little
1: bit about yourself and your SLP journey. Yeah, I am from small town Iowa where I went to undergrad and grad school, got my master's in speech language pathology. I graduated right during the peak of COVID, so didn't get to walk, ended up moving to Nashville where I started my speech pathology career. So I've worked in like three outpatient pediatric clinics and then switched to be an independent contractor doing services in homes, schools, and daycares. And I just moved back to Iowa with my husband to be closer to family. So now I'm starting my own private practice. That's so exciting. Congratulations. And oh my goodness, a COVID grad,
0: I give you major, major props because throughout COVID, I took grad students and I saw the struggle and the extra overwhelm and, pressures that were on you. I know that was not, this is not even the topic, but what are some
1: things that you learned going through that experience? I think I felt really lucky going into the pandemic. We didn't know how long it was going to last, right? And I was viewing our graduation as this like reunion of my whole class because we were really close. There's only 20 of us and it was our family. And so I was just heartbroken over that and not getting to walk and like say i've earned this because i was so proud of myself but ultimately i i felt really lucky because you know the people behind us they were the ones who it continued to impact their education for me it was like a couple months my internship was canceled my last like two month one before graduation but then i was done and then i got to go get a job versus you know the people in the class behind me were having to go through all like way more teletherapy and simulations. And the simulations were my least favorite part. It was awful. <laughs> but finding a job during COVID, I would say especially a clinical fellowship was hard. But once I got in, then I felt like the effects weren't impacting me anymore.
0: So, so true. I, I know the grad students that I've had even they missed out on the experience of like sitting in class and like yeah and like venting with their peers. Like they didn't even uh-huh. know
1: the people in their cohort. Like I'm then like so bad. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine because my classmates just totally made my grad school experience and I loved it so much. So I, I really feel for people who weren't able to have that camaraderie.
0: Seriously, I really do. Can you tell a little bit about your burnout journey? Like what happened?
1: Yeah, so during my clinical fellowship, I just got thrown into a full schedule, which has its pros and cons, right? Very quickly, I had to figure out how am I gonna have a work life balance? How am I going to tackle this schedule and keep my sanity and just do all the things and like learn how to be an SLP? So, my roommate at the time, she was bringing home like two hours of notes every day. And I was just like, I can't do this. This is what I was looking forward to in a full time job was having work-life balance. So I just had to talk to my coworkers and figure out like, how can I get my documentation done? How can I you know, get everything I need to done before I go home? But ultimately I was still just exhausted. I was seeing back-to-back kids. If I had a gap, it was filled within like 30 seconds with a new kid. And it was a lot. On top of that, I was driving like 45 minutes to an hour to work. Um, So I ended up finding a job closer to home after my clinical fellowship. And that one, I had a much easier caseload with less kids per day and even some with like only three kids a day when the students were out of school. But I ended up kind of having bore out, if you've ever heard of that. I just wasn't feeling challenged or seeing my ideal caseload. And so I ended up leaving for another clinic job very close by where I was working four tens at a clinic and Um, They had a big focus on feeding as their specialty, which is one thing that I'm super passionate about. And I learned a lot. I loved my caseload, but ultimately I just had to leave because of a toxic work environment. When I realized some things about the company, I just didn't feel comfortable working there anymore because it made me feel out of alignment with my values. They just didn't align with how they were running things which was really sad. But I was grateful for that experience in my CF where I was super burnt out and wanted to quit, but didn't because I was nervous about getting those nine months in that I was like, I'm going to learn my lesson. I'm going to see, you know, the writing on the wall. And this time I'm going to get myself out of that situation. So then I switched to an independent contractor. I was going into private schools, homes and daycares, and got my love for speech therapy back. It was so nice. I could decompress in between each session, listen to podcasts, listen to music, have time to just be myself and not constantly be talking to people. And since you know that time, I've been just such a huge cheerleader for all my SLP friends. Like, hey, you don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to be there. You can find something better. So amazing. So many SLPs fear
0: but maybe the grass is not greener on the other side. Like maybe this is just the way it is in all places. That's so brave of you to recognize early on in your career that like, okay, something doesn't align with your values and noticing some signs that maybe others might ignore or just push under the rug. So yeah. How did you overcome any self doubt or I want to know a little bit more about the self talk going on there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, there there definitely is, especially going to an independent contractor. There was this doubt. I think one thing that changed for me was the risk of staying in my current job became greater on my mental health than the risk of going out and doing something different. Mm. That's And huge. once I flipped that switch, it was like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I would rather take the risk of, you know, financial instability, not liking another job than the risk of staying here and it like pushing me out of the field. And that's such a pity after you were so proud of you finally graduated. And, I
0: know. And now you're all like, I'm done. I'm out. What were some signs that you noticed and and some things for other people to notice when they're facing burnout? Because some people Don't recognize, like, oh, that's what that is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it can be physical manifestations of stress, like headaches, migraines, difficulty sleeping, gut issues. I definitely had those where there was literally no other cause that could be happening except for something at work. Withdrawal and isolation, obsessing over your circumstances. Had this a lot with my coworkers where I was just talking about work 24 7 and never shut off on the weekends. And I had no room to talk about anything else in my life. There was nothing else that seemed to be going on because I was so hyper focused on it. Increased negativity and cynicism, a lack of purpose or fulfillment, reduced productivity, and just emotional exhaustion and neglected self care. <laughs>
0: I'm recognizing a lot of these boxes myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm hoping people are listening going, check, check, check. Okay, we're diagnosing ourselves, right? So if someone who's listening is going, okay, I felt this way, or I don't want to feel this way, so, so maybe we have some brand new SLPs listening to this, they just graduated, what are some advice and tips to avoid this from happening?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say setting really good boundaries, like having clear work hours, deciding when you are going to document and when you're not going to document Muting your work emails on the weekends or outside of work hours, taking your PTO, taking your time off. I always run out of mine too soon because I just love to travel. I love to be away, but it makes me a better clinician. And then just prioritizing self-care activities and routines that are important to you. Now, these are always just going to cure your burnout. Unfortunately, sometimes there are factors outside of that, but starting there can be good to gauge if that is potentially a solution or if there need to be other solutions.
0: I'm playing devil's advocate because someone listening is going, you're saying I'm going to leave work at work and having clear work hours, but I have still stuff I have to do.
1: What am I going to do? I didn't finish my notes. I know. I and I've been there where, you know, you're supposed to get it done the same day. You're supposed to be getting it done within 24 hours. I would just say a, I still haven't done it and I've never gotten in trouble for it if I return the next day and do it or if it's a little late. In general, I was always still more on time than other people. And B, like, advocate for yourself. Tell your supervisor that. Tell your boss that. And like, try and figure out what you can do to reduce that workload on yourself and reduce that burden so that you can do your job and do it well.
0: So, so true. I know early on in my career, I didn't mind so much the planning piece like the laminating like it was like therapeutic you know early mm-hmm. on where I spent my prep time and if I worked through lunch that was when I was like working on reports doing any sort of paperwork something I always made that my rule like I wanted to keep the paperwork like at work mm-hmm. I was like I'm not traveling with a file home with me that was like my one rule I was like god forbid like I get into a car accident or something like I just don't want you to I, like Like having it outside of like my workspace. That was one rule I made for myself that like yes, served me early on in my career as things were taking longer because it was still new.
1: Yeah, that's a great strategy. I've definitely done it both ways where I'll take my lunch for myself and say, no, this is my 30 minutes. But I've also done it where, you know, I would rather spend this 30 minutes finishing my paperwork so that I don't have to worry about it at the end of the day.
0: Love it. Do you have any like tools or hacks that you like to use to like help keep you yourself like sane or organized or separating work and life and things like that?
1: Yeah, when I was like in the thick of it and just really struggling, I had listened to a podcast episode by Jess Massey over at Hustle Sanely. She actually used to be an SLP grad student and she dropped out and does this business full time. And she was talking about the mapping method And so I decided to try it and implement it. I made my own little handout and I have a freebie for it. If somebody wants to try it, but it's basically just going through and like G, it's mapping backwards. So like G is gratitude. N is needs. Like what do you need? I is your intention for the day. P is like pray or position. The other P is like plan out your day. So like picturing what's going to happen, like, you know, visualizing. A is affirmation. So looking at your need and like, what affirmation do I need today? And then M is meditation. So I would just like sit there for a minute and like meditate on all those like positive things. And then when I would go to work for the day and I would get overwhelmed, I'd get stressed out. I would just remember like, what was my intention today? Maybe it was like just foster connection with the kids today. Or maybe my intention was like, I'm just going to get all of my work done and leave it at work, you know, and, and that was really helpful for me to refer back to that because I had already pictured my day. Also, it was helpful because I was frequently dreading those days and dreading going into work. And so for me to instead visualize it going well, helped me to have a better attitude about it. I love that. Do you have a favorite
0: like meditation app or tool?
1: Not at the moment. I've tried a few different ones. I'm really bad at like sticking something out, (laughs) sticking out with something. So yeah, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. I was just curious.
0: And I know there's so many like apps like, like Pomodoro or things like that, where like, if you need to stay focused, you can use that to like, tune out other distractions to like, Mm -hmm. okay, you have to do the paperwork, you, you know, put the timer on and for this long. And then after that, like, go for a walk, go have a snack, go up a cup of coffee, whatever. So there's Absolutely. so many tools out there like that can just, knowing your triggers mm-hmm. can really help. What are some other things that people can do if they're sensing they're reaching that burnout phase?
1: Yeah. Specifically, like if you are thinking that you want to quit your job too, like just recognizing and acknowledging the burnout and how you're feeling, like just taking an inventory of like what is happening in my body and like why is this happening giving yourself permission to take a break or implementing true rest a lot of times we rest like watching tv but that is really just escapism and you know you're kind of numbing yourself versus if you're actually doing things that like make you feel good and make you feel rested seeking support either from your supervisor your other slp friends you know, maybe your coworkers, advocating with your employer, setting bigger boundaries, and then even seeking professional help if you need. For quitting your job, like, I really advocate for, like, figuring out is there solutions within your work environment, looking at your work environment, and then assessing your priorities and if this still aligns with your career. Love that. How did you determine what are your priorities? Oh, that's a good question. My priorities a lot come from my faith, but also just my personal life. I don't want to work to be my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a husband that I love and I have a family that I love and I like to travel and I like to do other things. And that's what I want to focus on. And so that's what I set my priorities around. I think it was kind of a culture shock when I came out of grad school, you know, so passionate about speech pathology. Like, this is amazing. I love it so much. And then like, oh, this is a job and I have to do this for like 40 more years. I just don't know if that's sustainable. So my priorities have just been like, what is going to fulfill me and what is going to be sustainable that is going to make me feel fulfilled in both work and life. Moving forward in the next, you know, year, five years, ten years—that's amazing. And it's, it's so true. Like you want to like work
0: to support your lifestyle, but yeah. not live only just to work. Like you yeah. want to have a work. You, you want to have a life outside of work. Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? What's the point of that paycheck if you can't spend it a little bit?
1: Right. Uh, <laughs> the saying's li- work to live, not live to work. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay.
0: How do you decide? The one benefit of our field is that there are so many different settings and types of positions and there's so many options. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who is struggling to see that, that there's other options out there?
1: Yeah, I would say like you never know until you try, especially being young in the field you know like I have had experiences with different clinical placements but it's so different when you're in a job and so you know like we have the next 30 40 years to be SLP so like you know what's holding you back like do you think you are going to stay there for the next 30 40 years because if you can't picture that then it's time to make a switch and even if you do switch and you don't like it then at least you know that you don't like it. Versus like, you know, sometimes my husband be like, oh, you've had four jobs in three years as an SLP," And I was like, okay, but I had valid reasons for leaving all of my jobs. And now I know exactly what I want. I know my dream job. And you can't find that if you're not willing to try other things out.
0: It reminds me from when I was looking for like my wedding dress, like 15 years ago. And like the first one I saw, I was like, oh, this is totally it. And then I was like, let me just keep looking. And it was like really like the fourth dress. I was really was the one like the and I was like, what "Was I thinking about that first dress like that? Was so not me. I was, that was mm-hmm. me settling me thinking that was what I wanted, because that's what everyone told me I wanted. Yeah. I, like, I just thought of that analogy, like just because that's the one thing, the first thing you experience doesn't mean that has to be the only thing that's out there.
1: Yes, definitely. I think it's also really important to talk to your SLP friends to make connections and network because you can learn so much about other jobs just from having friends that work there. You know, like I'm able to know what someone in another state is making or what their type of job situation is. I can know people, you know, within the Nashville area. I knew a lot about the different clinics, I knew about what pay was, what, you know, the Culture was at that place. What clients were saying about that place, and so it's so important to network and know what other people are getting, and to know what you deserve and you can get too.
0: You yeah, do your research, especially with social media now. Facebook oh, yeah. groups—you can really get people. If someone's unhappy at that location, they'll go they'll <laughs> share that information. Like, hey, you might like. There are some warning signs. Like, oh yes. What are some things someone should look into when they're maybe interviewing? so that they can maybe protect themselves moving into that position.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say I'm somewhat of an expert on red flags or or things to look out for. One of them, like top one is turnover. What does their turnover look like? A lot of times when you're interviewing, they'll say that it's because their team is growing. But if you are taking over a caseload from someone else, that's because they're leaving. So asking why that person is leaving why is this position open you know asking about what their documentation requirements are like does it have to be done within 24 hours are you given any admin breaks to do that if they say no we don't give any breaks like you're supposed to do it during your cancels then like asking to see what does a typical therapist schedule look like could you pull it up on Your EMR for me? And like, what would that be like if I needed that extra time? Like, what would your response be? I ask very in depth questions, nothing about clinic stuff. It's, I feel like it's, it's always like questions about, you know, how they run things. And that can really tell you, like, if it's a place that you want to be at or not. Using your Previous experience and like I liked this or I didn't like that. Ask them specific questions like, do you do this or you know do you have this implemented? And that can really tell you what their priorities are as a company.
0: That's so true, and, and if you have the opportunity to speak to someone in that company, asking them how long they've been there, yeah, also tell because if everyone's been there like under one year, that's a red mm-hmm. flag as well.
1: <laughs> yes, hundred percent, and like even who the supervisor is like who is in charge of the slps like how much experience do they have and like what is their role in managing you and even if they allow you to like observe for a day can tell you loads because it is so different being in the interview room or being over zoom versus actually being there in the day and like you know maybe there's people yelling in the halls or maybe there's like therapists that are going back and forth and they're rolling their eyes because they're unhappy or, you know, they're overwhelmed. Like those are the little nuances you could pick up if you're actually there.
0: So, so true. That's so, so helpful. Any last bit of advice when it comes to burnout or
1: work-life balance that you would like to share with everyone listening? I just want to tell every SLP, you are so amazing and you got into this field for a reason. And I know that you want to serve your kids or your adults. But ultimately, if you are not taking care of yourself, you can't serve them and be the best therapist that you want to be. So you need to prioritize your well being and you need to advocate for yourself and advocate for our profession. And we can, you know, continue to make all jobs across the nation to be better for SLPs. But if we put up with Poor work environments or poor pay and et cetera, then we're not going to be able to advocate for that change and to increase, you know, the experience for everybody. Oh, so true, so
0: amazing. Thank you so much, Kenzie, for coming onto the show and sharing your wisdom and experience and knowledge in everything you've been through. Been through so much and learned so much. And thank you so much for sharing with everyone listening. Where can everyone learn more about you and everything you have to offer?
1: Yes, I'm on Instagram at burnout SLP. And then I also just opened my private practice, which is called Homegrown Kids Therapy. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well, if you want to follow my private practice. But I'm more on the burnout page with like all things SLP. So amazing. And
0: definitely check out the show notes. We'll have links to everything that Kenzie has to share, including freebies and things of that nature. So thank you so much, Kenzie. I always end my episodes with a joke, because jokes are fun and humor is a way <laughs> of building rapport with our students. So, why should you never blame a dolphin for doing something wrong? Mm, I have no idea. Because they never do it on purpose. Oh, <laughs> Pur- I love dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I figured it's a great summertime joke, humor, and it's a way to just build rapport and The language rich fun. So again, if you can't laugh, then we're going to cry and we don't want to cry at work. So we want (laughs) to laugh. So thank you so much, Kenzie. Everyone listening, make sure you go check Kenzie out on Instagram. Go check out the show notes for all links and everything shared. And until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.